Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. It's always fun to spend time with you. Yeah. I, I, this is the one I've been looking forward to, to be really honest with you, because casting a vision, when you, have, you, know, when you know predictably what the future is going to be, uh, you can kind of, you know, 10% more, 3% less. And now it's like, I don't, no one knows what direction is up. We're trying to scramble and find new avenues to, to even connect with our people. Have we lost them? Have they just disengaged during COVID? So casting vision in this season is probably more important than ever and yet more difficult than ever. So yeah. we are looking forward to this. Why don't you take it away and just get started? So Jim, COVID-19 has profoundly changed the way we do church. Um, and it's not surprising to us that the place and power of vision has come into question. Yeah. Uh, before uh, covid uh, when somebody would ask us about vision and how far out they should be looking, Jim, we, we'd say about two to three years um, and, you know, figure out where you want to land in a two to three year time frame. Because I, I believe this, that vision is about destination. Yeah. It, it speaks about where you're ultimately heading over a period of, of time. And, and once quarantine hit, pastors were telling us, man, I'm really struggling with vision at all. I'm more focused on, on surviving. And, and actually, surviving was the right priority Yeah, for a while, right? I mean, just getting yeah. through the week. Um, but I heard pastors asking this question a lot, Jim, during the early stages of quarantine is, you know, how far out should I be casting vision? <laughs> and our answer was, you know, probably a week. Yeah. Eternity. Focus on eternity. Because <laughs> next week, it's an eternity to get to next week sometimes. That's right. I mean, so, I mean, essentially what we were telling them is, hey, just get through the week. Yeah. Um, but as we have come out of quarantine uh, to a large degree, and we survey this new landscape, and I really think, Jim, it's not a new season necessarily. I, I think, and I could be wrong, that it's a new age yeah. of, of leadership. The vision thing needs to be, I think, revisited right. uh, once again. Um, so I'd like us to talk about why vision and why it matters in the context of what we've just kind of come through. Right, great, I look forward to it, hit me. So here's, uh, here's one reason why vision matters. It's uh, because where there is no vision, the people perish. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. if you've been a Christian for any length of time, I'm sure you've heard that, that, that passage of scripture. I have a friend named Jeff Harlow, and he, he, he translates that verse this way. When you lose sight of the future and God's plans and instructions for it, people run wild. Yeah. And I think, we, I think we've seen that, right? Yeah. Uh, where there is no vision, people kind of just cast off restraint. I think the NIV translated, yeah. translates it that way. So, you know, I... I I like to use the idea of a jigsaw puzzle for a minute. During the first six weeks of quarantine, Laura and I were kind of locked down. You know, we didn't see the grandkids, we didn't see the yeah. kids. It's a long six weeks. Yeah. Um, and we decided to work on a jigsaw puzzle. You know, and a lot of, it was like a 600 piece jigsaw puzzle of the rocks of the Great Lakes. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. <laughs> 
How bored do you have to be? <laughs> yes, we were really bored. Um, and so we started working on this puzzle. It was kind of complicated, but we had a picture of the finished product on the cover of that box. And many times when we got stuck building that puzzle, we'd grab that cover, we'd study it, we'd look at the picture, and it allowed us uh, to move forward uh, to uh, the goal of accomplishing that, that jigsaw puzzle. Um, you know, without that picture, Jim, completing the puzzle would have been, I think, impossible. I don't yeah. think we would have, I think we'd still be working on it. <laughs> you know, vision speaks to where. It speaks to destination. It's this clear, compelling, mouth-watering picture of a future state. And where that's lacking in an organization, people run wild because there's no destination. Yeah. There's no right. common uh, ending point. Yeah. I think that's, that's the number one cause of division is, is an unclear or unpassionate vision. Mm. So natural leaders, people who are born and created to lead, if they're given a void of leadership, will naturally begin to lead. Yeah. And, and man, if they're leading in 14 different directions, uh, I think one of the greatest frustrations uh, and discouragements to a pastor is I'm, I'm, I'm working as hard as I know how to work to move this thing forward. And I feel like everybody's kind of wanting something more or something other or something less. And I think a clear vision helps so much of that. Probably 90% of your problems are solved. So there's a clear, compelling why that everybody's fighting for. Yeah. Well, let me give you another one. Uh, another reason why it matters is that vision helps your organization get aligned. Yeah. Uh, now, alignment's one of our favorite words. We actually named our podcast uh, with yeah. that word in it. Um, I hate it when Michael Hyatt steals your stuff, John. That always bothers me when he does that to you. Yeah, no, he never steals my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to quote him, uh, though. He, he points out this, that you can't get alignment without something to align to. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, I thought that was so good. Yeah. Uh, vision is that something. It, yeah. it is your church's, your business's North Star. It's your family's North Star. I mean, if you want to really boil it down to that, that level of a right. unit. Um, what do you think about that, Jim? Yeah, I, I, you know, one of the key things that I run into when I'm, when I'm put in the place of being a marriage counselor is uh, you know love and respect. What seems to be missing is I feel unloved or I feel disrespected. And so often it's the man saying, you know, in, in essence, there's no submission. And so we come back and ask the question, well, what's the mission? And if she doesn't know the mission, then you can't be mad at her for not, she's waiting for you to lead. Often, uh, more often than not, she's not a nagger, she's not a nitpicker, she's not critical, she's not making you pay for the sins of your predecessors. She just wants to know where the heck we're going. And until you can clearly, passionately articulate that, you can't be mad about, you know, there's no vision. So the people are casting off restraint. They're, right. she, she took over the budget because you didn't have a vision for the finances. She took over mm -hmm. the, the discipline of the children because you were out playing golf and it was time to discipline them. You, you know, if, if our wives ever found out how much a pound of venison cost, right? We'd never be allowed to go deer hunting again. But, <laughs> but, if you, but if you decide ahead of time that it's good for my soul, it's a part of our family's vision to get me out of the house for three days, to try to kill something and come back a better man. What woman doesn't want to send their, their husband out the door knowing that he's going to come back a better man? Yeah, that's, good. That, that's, that, that's all part of that same thing you're talking about. So I, how can we ask for submission to a vision when, when the vision is not clear? How can we, right. when, there, when there's no mission, yeah. submission is impossible. So let me give you a third one here, Jim. Yeah. Vision is a filter for decision-making. Yes. Um, 
I think we have more choices uh, than ever in my yeah. lifetime. I go down the cereal aisle uh, at uh, Costco <laughs> and I yeah. almost slip into an anxiety as I try to think about where's the oatmeal that I want to buy because there's 14 different varieties of that. Yeah. Um, but vision is, uh, you know, a clear destination tells us where we're going to put our resources. Yeah. You know, who will hire, yeah. uh, even who will, will fire, yeah. um, what programs will start and which ones will stop. Yeah. Um, and I think in a world with, uh, too many choices, vision helps us to choose well. You know, we, we just talked about vision yesterday at church and our vision statement is to win the lost at any cost that doesn't cost us our beliefs. And so I, we were just trying to make a point of how important that is. I said, I want you to think back in, in time when, when we went through the Y2K thing. What was our vision? What did we do? Well, we used Y2K to win the loss at any cost that didn't cost us our beliefs. And when Y2K didn't blow up the world, what did we do next? Well, we, you know, we ate a bunch of dehydrated food, but we, we were winning the loss at any cost that didn't cost us our beliefs. And when the Great Recession hit, what did, you know, how did you lead through that, that dynamic? Well, we just we use that dynamic as the, the background to win the loss at any cost that then costs us our beliefs. So once you do have a, a central, believable, passionate statement of where we're going, now I say, well, what do you think about politics? I, I think we should win the loss at any cost that doesn't yeah, cost us. Yeah, there you go. But what are you doing with racial tensions? Well, we're winning the loss at any cost that doesn't cost us our beliefs. It's not, we're not burying our head in the sand pretending there aren't issues to be discussed, but they have to go through the filter of our primary purpose which is not to get somebody elected or reelected, not to decide who's being treated unfairly. We believe that Jesus will settle every disagreement because he's greater than the things that separate us. Therefore, yeah. our primary purpose is Jesus, you know, not, not all the other issues. And we right. believe that we are settling racial issues and political issues and um, equity issues and unfair issues. And by, by bringing Jesus to the forefront, we're settling those issues because he's greater than the issues themselves. Yeah. That's so good. Let me give you a fourth one here, Jim, a fourth reason why leaders really should care about vision. And that is that uh, vision creates energy and momentum. Yeah. You know, so let's just use churches as an example. Uh, I've had in the years that we've been doing this work, Jim, uh, more than a few pastors complain to me that the church they lead doesn't have enough people stepping up to serve. Yeah. And a couple of, a couple of pods ago, we talked about, uh, why is greater than what and, and yeah. how we release people by asking three key questions of them. Uh, yeah. And then the pod after that, I think it was pod 57, we talked about how to increase our team's level of engagement once they're on our team. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think this, I think will be a nice add-on piece is that it, when, when, a, when a pastor says, John, I'm, I, we don't have enough people to uh, serve, my first question to them is, what's your vision? Yeah. And there's a long pause usually, <laughs> awkward silence. <laughs> Some of them can spit it out, many of them can't. Yeah. And if they answer vaguely or they don't answer at all, it's really not hard to figure out why they have a people serving problem. Right. Uh, I think this, I think a compelling vision is magnetic. Yes. It draws people to join the team. It draws people to roll up their sleeves and work. Um, you know, if I could quote Michael Hyatt again, uh, and I think it's okay for me to do that. He, he talks, he said this, he says, when we lead with vision, we're doing something that moves people 
from being renters to being owners. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was so powerful. And then he goes on to tell a, a story. Uh, and I've told you this story, Jim, before, but uh, it's about a, a custodian who worked yeah. for NASA in the 1960s. And in the middle of the quest to fulfill John F. Kennedy's bold vision of putting a man on the moon and returning him safely by the end of the decade, this guy was interviewed. I don't know why he got interviewed, but he was asked this question. What's it like to mop floors at NASA? <laughs> I love where this is going. And his reply was this, I'm not mopping floors. I'm helping to put a man on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. He, and isn't that powerful? That's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And that's, really I, and what would happen to our church, to our business, if every person could say that? Yeah. I, you know, I'm not filling out a spreadsheet. Yeah. I'm, I'm helping to do, and then you insert the vision, right? Um, think, think about that for a minute. What would happen? What do you think would happen? I mean, maybe that's a speculative conversation here, but I'm just curious. What do you think about what would be released if we could help people connect those dots? and see yeah. that that come to bear the kingdom yeah the kingdom of god would come right and it, and it would come in such a way that that whatever role you played would be important i you know jesus when he multiplies the loaves and the fish there's several people in that story you know jesus being the key figure um but the disciples who had him sit down uh, who you know then distributed the food who picked up the baskets by the one person we, we kind of forget is the little boy who had the the loaves and the fish it was his lunch or at yep. least his responsibility and somebody else's lunch. But every, you know, he, he had no idea when he woke up that morning that we'd be talking about him 2000 years later because he gave his, his, his uh, sack lunch you know, <laughs> to put in the hands of Jesus. And I think the same is true today, but I love that thought. I'm not working in the nursery. I'm, I'm building the kingdom of God. I'm yeah. not, I'm not greeting at the door on a cold winter day. I'm building the kingdom of God. That, Man, to, to get a, a hundred people with that burning in their hearts, that's that's going to grow. That, I mean, that's a hell. That's going to multiply. But the same thing's true of the opposite, right? You got one guy at the door going, "Why don't we have more greeters? This is stupid. I why don't we get a heater out here?" Like, well, that's <laughs> that's going to grow too. It's, it's just going to grow sick, you know. Yeah. So the right, the, you're again back to the why. Having the right why in your heart. What I'm doing here matters. I'm in the yeah. right seat. Um, I have the vision. Uh, I'm aligned with, with where we're going as an organization. We were not diluting or polluting that vision with a bunch of extra things that don't belong in the vision right. just to make Sister Coleslaw happy. You know, that's, that's why we're going to have this petition in the fireway or whatever it is. Like, we're not here to sign petitions. We're here to change the world. And the world that's changed won't need petitions. You know, justice will come from the people of God as it always should have. That's, I think it's brilliant. So, so one final thought, Jim, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I, I just want to say to all of those who are listening uh, today that vision matters. Yeah. The church or business you lead needs you to cast vision again. Yeah. Uh, to, to paint a compelling picture of an achievable future. And, and you, may, you may struggle with that, right? Because uh, you may have never articulated that well. Well, we're here to help you with that if you would like our help. Yeah. Um, but maybe you have been able to do that in the past, but COVID and quarantine and all that has kind of thrown you off your game. Um, we want you to come back to being visionary, 
to casting that picture for the congregation you lead, the business you lead. Um, and, and, you know, you might be thinking, well, how far out do I do that now? You know, <laughs> I've, been, I've been just getting through week to week. Um, and we're not sure what the right answer to that is, Jim. Yeah. Um, I've been telling guys, well, let's, what, what about six months? Yeah. Let's try to, let's try to set out a vision for the next six months. I don't know if I'm right. Um, yeah. I don't know if any of us know if we're right about that, but I do believe that I'm right. We're right about this, that without vision, people perish without right. vision, people cast off restraint. So if you are listening today and you don't know where to start, you know, we want to help you. We, we, we're here to serve you with that. We have experts uh, who can help you figure out uh, the vision thing. Yeah. I, what we're doing right now as a staff of vision is one, three, and six months. So okay. the, the current series we're in, the current quarter that we're in, and, and the current calendar year, basically, uh, that's left, you know, that, that we're in. And, and what's funny is what we used to kind of treat three years down the road as, you know, let's just give it, let's give it some leeway. Let's not make it too rigid so that if we don't get there, it morphs or whatever. We're doing that with six months now. <laughs> We've never yeah. been. But I think as you cast, I think people need to hear a vision, but they also need to hear we're in a season of, of experimenting. We're, we're in a season of seeing us. We've had a phrase for years called experiments for a season. We're going to, we're going to. Uh, for a summer, we're going to go our, our hour and a half, hour and 45 minute sermons and services are going down to 60 minutes. We're going, to, we're, just, we're going to try to do it. It may not work. We promise we won't compromise worship. We promise we won't blah, blah, blah. But we can put three services in over the course of summer, give people more options versus two. And uh, it's an experiment for a season. Well, if you do your experiments well, they work. And then nobody wants to change them back or those who would are greatly outnumbered by those who benefited from the experiment. Right. And if it doesn't work, you go, Oh man, you know, wow, that was terrible. We, we proved three ways not to do that, you know, right. and everybody laughs about it, but it isn't, a, you're not in a committed change. You're in a committed season to see if change is warranted. And I, I, I think that using that word experiment, you know, the month should be planned and have a vision three months, maybe half as much, six months, it's an experiment. We're going to experiment with yeah. Facebook or, you know, whatever. So, yep. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, six months ago, you said, what's the world going to look like? I would have missed it by a mile. A year ago, I'd have missed it by 10 miles. Right. Six months from now, I don't know how far south the murder hornets are going to travel. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how far the disease is going to move. I don't know who the next president of the United States is going to be. I don't know who's on the Supreme Court. I don't, nobody right. But I, I do know this, that we are committed to win the loss at any cost that doesn't cost us our beliefs. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to be experimenting until we find a way that works. And uh, I, I love this, John. It's, I needed this today, by the way. Mm -hmm. Actually, I needed it before I preached on vision yesterday. So thanks for confirming some things and giving me other things to think about. But right. uh, I know that, that as one of your listeners today, I've benefited from the conversation. I know that others would. But this is something that probably is more than just a, uh, I heard a podcast on. There, yeah. You really need somebody to help either confirm your suspicions, help you get confidence to move forward, work with your board, your staff, et cetera. And I, I think that's where Converge does such a great job. If we wanted to talk more to you about the future, you're, you're, you're in dozens of churches right now, hearing what they're doing, seeing best practices. So I, I can think of nobody better qualified. How would we get a hold of you to have that conversation? Jim, the best way is to go to convergecoach.com and click the contact us link. And that starts a, a conversation uh, with us and we'll engage with you and try to figure out if we can help.
Awesome. Well, thank you, John, for spending your time and investing in us. We always appreciate that. And uh, we are praying for all of our listeners as you guys are serving the Lord, casting your vision, leading your congregations, and of course, leading from the line.